All right, we've been wanting to get our next guest on the program for some time now. I've called him the most impressive man in football. He has done it all, but uh, this may be his biggest challenge yet. He's the new CEO of the once mighty West Coast Eagles. His name's Don Pike. Don, congratulations and thanks so much for joining us on Sports Day. Yeah, thanks guys and uh, good to chat. I guess the, the talk was there for a few weeks at least and Sydney, I think, were hopeful of keeping you in the position that you'd been so successful with the ball movement and as a senior assistant at the Swans. But ultimately, you, you've taken up the challenge. Why so? Yeah, look, it was uh, it sort of came on the road. Obviously, the, the role hasn't, hasn't existed for 25 years. I mean, Trevor's, Trevor's been there for a long time and done a fantastic job for a club over... Uh, over multiple years and multiple premierships, but when it was announced that they were going through a process to to look at replace his role, it sort of probably piqued my interest in terms of it. It blended together the the two components of my my life, the professional stuff in terms of business, but also the footy stuff, and um, an opportunity to go back and uh, help the footy club, which you know has, has been a significant part of my life, and and certainly was really instrumental in in allowing me to to go and do a whole range of things, um, and something that I feel pretty passionate about. So. That sort of aligned, the stars aligned, and I put my hand up, and uh, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to, to get the opportunity, so really looking forward to it. Don, I've been highly critical of, of West Coast in the last couple of years. I don't think the standards have been good enough, and that's just completely from the outside, um, you know, a thousand kilometres away. I, I think the players have looked heavy. Um, I think just little things in game, like the, the ease of missing tackles, the amount of you know high scores that they've conceded, and the margins in which the team has lost. Um, and I don't think the club appreciated that feedback, but I note in your first comments as CEO, you, you have almost laid down a challenge to the players that they haven't been good enough and the standards haven't been to the level that's required. Is that accurate? And what have you observed in the last couple of years? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty simplistic. The, sort of, the game's given us the feedback, you know, as a club that what we've produced in the last couple of years haven't been good enough. Now, there's been some circumstances around availability and injury, but... Some of that's also probably to do with our preparedness for for, for season, or you know, you're always going to get the odd, um, uh, you know, just unfortunate injury, whether it be a shoulder mm. or a broken arm or something else. But um, the games sort of told us we haven't been performing anywhere near the level. We've got a younger squad coming in. We've got some really exciting young players. We've got some very good senior players. But um, I think that's the challenge for us as a club is to go. Okay, let's. Let's take that on board and, and attack this pre-season. Um, understanding that you know it's just it's about rolling the sleeves up and getting to work. There's no there's no silver bullet here. Um, I know that uh, the game style. I understand that you know, the youth of the group, as well as some of the good players we've got, who you know maybe haven't been able to be on the park consistently. And I think that's uh, that's where we sit. And so that's that's what we've got to we've got to lean into. Uh, congratulations. Uh, it's it's a fantastic opportunity for you, Don. And uh, looking forward to you uh, leading the club back to. The top end, but it's it's an unusual position for a new general manager to be in because normally when a side has been down as low and as for a lot as long as the West Coast, normally the 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 business of the club struggles has, has struggled alongside it. But that would appear not to be the case, and it's it's very much focused on the footy department. So the question then is, given that you've got a major finger in both camps or have had over the journey. Where do you spend most of your time in this uh, in this first few months as you as you reset the club? Yeah, well, I don't I don't officially start till January. I've sort of started having conversations, and probably 
probably there's an opportunity right now to, to spend a bit more time on the footy side of it. Obviously, yep. once I get into the chair, it's a, a whole club to run. So that's that's all of the divisions and areas of the club. But we're a footy club. So right now, the you know the issue for us is, as you said, is on field. And so I'll spend a bit of time in the next, uh, you know, through to, through to Christmas really before I start with just sort of almost as a footy consultant providing some of my IP and um, helping our coaching group as best they can to prepare to, um, to get ready to, to go into battle. So, uh, but once... I get in the chair, it'll be you know, more of a step back and, and obviously start to engage with the, the other components of the club, which are as important. And I think it's interesting you mentioned that. You know, we're sort of seen as a, a big club. We've got 100,000-plus members. We've got you know strong balance sheet and seen a successful club. But reality is that's it's all about success on the mm. field. And, and as, as good as that is, we've got to make sure that our, our core product is... Uh, uh, we, we work on getting that better. From all reports, Simo's taken on uh, a lot of outside advice and has, uh, has uh, restructured pre-season, very much uh, contested and uh, decision-making pre-season. Yeah, look, he's looking to change things up. I think that the reality is to get back to the core fundamentals. It's, it sounds pretty boring and it sounds pretty basic, but when you've had the seasons we've had the last two, it's, it's let's get... Let's get some some core stuff right in terms of our, our competition, our, our pressure stuff, um, the things that we know go a long way to, to, to getting you into and winning games of AFL footy. So there's that component. Obviously, we look at our, our conditioning and stuff, and we've we've made some changes in our uh, our strength and conditioning department there. So there's a fresh voice in there to um uh, for the players, and and you know it's it's now just roll it up and and and, and get to work. Don, it became really um, combative with the media over there, and and perhaps the club felt like you were treated harshly there was some you know ridicule on the front page of the west australian there was a, a reporter that traveled with the team wherever they went and there was some really difficult question answered uh, asked of, of adam post game and i don't think he appreciated that what have you learned from your time at adelaide where the scrutiny was none more so on you in your time here in adelaide yeah. and what can you take to the eagles yeah it's interesting because oh, look we're always we're always learning and reflecting and i think that's the uh, obviously, my time in Adelaide and, and the experience I had there was sort of I came into this role now, going okay, what have what have I learned and what can I apply? And I think the the reality is, you know, the the transparency or the openness with which you know you sort of share, and it's never more so than, than now in the in the landscape because you know there's there's so much focus, whether it be through social media or through other media outlets. Um, so sometimes it's just if it's a duck, call it a duck. It's you know mm. that's that's what we, we I'd like to get to a stage where we'll be you know and we can't be I can't sit here and say it'll be full openness and full transparency. But I think as a footy club, uh, we want to engage better with a whole range of stakeholders, which includes our members, and and they hear a lot of information through media channels. And um, so hopefully we can get to a point where we're, we're a bit less adversarial than, than maybe we have been in the past with the, the media outlets. It would appear as if uh, you've made your call on Harley Reid. You're going to take him unless something extraordinary happens on the night. What about Daniel Curtin? Would you be prepared to trade for Daniel Curtin, um, potentially a first-rounder, your first-rounder, which uh, if you don't go up the ladder is going to be a pretty handy pick for a Daniel mm-hmm. Curtin who looks like he's going to go somewhere between 6 and 10? Yeah, look, we've got some we've got some optionality there. Um, it really depends on 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 really on the night a bit as well as to the order people are taken and who's available. And um, so I know we're having some conversations around what we might be able to do. It's you know, um, look, we'd love to bring as much as much high end talent into the club as soon as we can. Obviously, to to fast track the build. Um, so we'll see what sort of presents on the night. At this point, I'm sort of one out, one back on the on the drafting side of things. I'm, yep. I'm sort of aware of the overall strategy, but. Um, We'll see what happens on the night. Hopefully we can, again, we'd like to bring in as much talent as we can.
What's your views on on rebuilding? You've got no choice at, at the Eagles. That's the path that you've you've started, and it's going to be aggressive. But the club you've come from, Sydney, they they really don't ever rebuild. They they go down for a year or two max, and then try and stay up the top. Geelong have, have done similar, but your previous club Adelaide are, are five years into a rebuild. I mean, what's the right balance for a club like the Eagles? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I don't know if it's dependent on the club or just on the way you manage your list. And and I think then in the case of uh, I know having been at Sydney, you know, and this year is a good example. They brought in some some ready-made, slightly older players, but ready-made guys who can probably help and support that that younger crew that they've recruited. So, you know, what five, three years ago uh, Sydney was 16th and a bounced up, made a grand final, and and now adding, you know, with adding in Jordan and Hamling and Grundy and and Adams, you sort of set them up nicely to, to, to assist the young guys that they've also brought on. So it's always a management. I mean, I don't think any club would necessarily want to go through a full rebuild and drop to the bottom and lose games mm. of footy. So um, it'll be interesting to see how um, how we want to approach that going forward because, um, you know, I've sort of been in various list committee, mismanagement committees, but now, as is, obviously as the CEO, um, to get a strategy around how we're gonna, how we're going to set this club up for long-term success, which is ultimately what we want and what our members want. Because you see the game so well, it would be unusual for a CEO to have a, a game day role being in the coach's box. You'd be you know, at, at pre-game functions and, and managing that side of the business. But have you thought about what you'll do on game day and could it be in the box? Oh, I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. I haven't even contemplated I'd be back in the box. No, I think it's, you know, I, I think uh, I'll probably, as you say, I've been fortunate to been working in that, in that coaching area and understanding the game. Um, and I think that to be able to provide that advice to not only Adam but our whole coaching group um, and things on maybe seeing as to how we could how we could train things, how we could educate things, um, but understanding that obviously I've got a, I've got a wider a wider briefing than just uh, necessarily game day. I'll hand that over to the coaches. Mm. Well, you have a have a say or feedback. I'm sure you'll you'll give feedback. But uh, where where do you see the game developing? I mean, it's it's changed dramatically in five years' time. And uh, the the, uh, the the catch changed it. The Tigers changed it. Um, do, do do you see the Eagles having necessarily to, to change their the, the way they play the game? Given that they tried to do it at the start of the season prior to injury besetting them, but before that they were very much a, uh, a you know a side that played a, a brand of footy that was probably six or seven years old. Yeah, I think you're right, Jared. I think you know, after winning in 2018, it was the game shifted and the game continually shifts. I know in Adelaide we sort of grabbed a bit of a jump there early with some of the ball movement stuff to allow us to get through defences and then mm. the defensive system actually changed and it made it a lot harder to move the ball. So um, you're right, I reckon a generation in footy now is probably three to five years. Um, you know, and, and, and West Coast historically has been a sort of a very kick mark out of the back half slow yeah. sort yeah. of transition game whereas the game's going the other way. The game's going more to chaos and um, I think you're right that I'm talking to Adam, they were, you know, they were working into that space yep. uh, last year, and then unfortunately, getting those early season injuries meant it, it sort of it dropped back. You're also trying to change the DNA and and sort of history of guys who've probably got 200 games playing a certain way, which you know, as you know, can take a bit of time to reprogram. So certainly, the direction that Adam wants to take the team is is down that faster ball movement, down that faster yep. chaotic sort of space, um, and that's why he's doing some of the training he's planning on doing around you know decision making and dealing with pressure situations and. Understand that's currently where the game sits. Where it's going to go in the future is really where I want to get us focused mm. on. It's like let's get ourselves back being competitive, winning games. But how do we get back to being, you know, which I think has been one of the great strengths of our footy club, is being 
uh, a leader in, in the game and, and actually being at the forefront, whether it be our sports science stuff, whether it be our game style, whether it be some of the things we're doing off field, it's, it's, that's where you know, I see the, that's the exciting opportunity for me coming in. Uh, player retention and list management also uh, a massive part and parcel of being a successful club. Can you just give us a brief outline on your thoughts on long-term contracts between five and nine years that upset my co-host so much? <laughs> well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it seems to me that the dynamic of the landscape is, is there, isn't it? It's yeah. like um, if, it's not, if, it's, if you're a, a marquee-type player, um, it's, it's, it's seven to nine years. Um, I don't know if that's been driven by the combination of free agency and possibly Tasmania. I'd suggest it has. Um, obviously, it provides great security for the for the player. Um, I think it's one, one thing we're certainly have to talk about as a list management group in terms of what our strategy is going to be. But um, the market's the market, and if the market speaks and says that you know that's what's going to you know player retention will, will be and take, um, it's hard to fight the market because otherwise the players will, will explore leaving, and that's no club wants to lose good players. But I, I am probably slightly concerned that there's a, a fair chunk of risk that has to be absorbed by clubs around mm. long term deals given. Given the issues that exist in the industry now, which are, you know are real, in, you know you've got concussion mm. issues, you've got obviously just the injury issues, and you've also got mental health components within there. And I think it's the demands on the players are as, as high as ever, and I understand why they want the um, they want that security. It's just a matter of balancing that with the club's risk. And I think you know we'll get to a as we always do as an industry, we'll get to a happy medium. And just finally, last one, uh, are you supportive of the opening round the AFL have got with two games in Queensland and two games in Sydney before everyone else starts? Well, look, it's interesting, you know, I've, having worked in Sydney, um, you, you do get a different view on the world, um, having been in historically, you know, really strong footy states, and you get to Sydney, and, and I know talking to the guys from Queensland as well, the, the opportunity that obviously existed to, to put a couple of games there with the rugby league starting overseas, I understand why the AFL's gone down that path, it's, it's an ongoing battle, as Gerard, you'd well know, yep. you know, in terms of the, the push into those northern markets is... It sounds like it's it's there because you know Sydney's been successful. Brisbane make a grand final, but the cut through after 40 years of Sydney and Sydney is is still nowhere near the level of a West Coast in Perth or an Adelaide in Adelaide. It's it's just a it's a different market. So yeah, I think it's a mm. it's a brave move. I think it's it's great to take the game north, and I think there's an opportunity, a window to get in front of rugby. Um, anything you can do to try and get that advantage, hopefully we can we can exploit it as an industry. Don, good luck. We really appreciate your time this evening. I appreciate that, guys, and uh, we'll be in touch during the year. Good on you, Don. All the best. We'd love that. Yeah, that's the new CEO of the West Coast Eagles, Don Pike.